0: Welcome to Figment of My Reality, where we talk about the true stuff that makes this old world seem made up. I'm the first
1: co-host, Jeremy Vales. I'm your other co-host, Jason Wright. So, Jeremy, what have you been watching? What have you been... <laughs> Good! <laughs> Keeping it posy. <laughs> so, Jeremy, what have you been watching? What have you been doing in quarantine? I mean, you had to have been watching some TV shows. Yeah, so
0: TV-wise, we, uh, me and the wife... We watched a series on Netflix called The English Game, real good. But what we've really just sort of been getting after is the Fast and the Furious series. She's a big fan, and I haven't actually seen mostly
1: any of them past uh, Tokyo Drift. Who could we- resist two beefcakes, Vin Diesel and The Rock? <laughs> that sexual tension just throughout. That is a lot of man
0: muscle. We just got done <laughs> watching Five. And uh, when, they, when they grip hands and Vin Diesel picks up The Rock and it's just forearm to forearm, <laughs> you're just like, oh my God. You're
1: like, please kiss him.
0: Please go in for the kiss. Fight, fight, kiss, kiss. <laughs> no, we're, uh, I mean, that's that's the gist of it now. We uh, we binged Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and that was really good. Always watching, the, yeah, MTV's a challenge. Love it. It's like my uh, my garbage TV vice, but so freaking good, dude. What about you?
1: Uh, we've been watching the Harry Potter movies, trying to get through those. I have came to the conclusion... Get through them? <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, they're good. They're good. But when you when you, when you set yourself on a mission of, I want to watch these seven movies, it's, or I guess eight, it's Insate get movies, through yeah. them. But I came to the conclusion after watching the first three, okay. that those first three books slash movies could have been combined into one. But it's different school years i understand that jason I, <laughs> it's sweetness. <difficult to> <laughs> but it's like okay harry potter does beats a big bad guy yeah harry potter in the in in the first one he also gets introduced yep. then number two harry potter beats another big bad guy he does and then number three is some background story about who some certain people are i feel like all of that could have been wrapped up into one movie
0: you guys how long that movie would be. Let me ask you this, Jason. Mhm. Just with that sort of idea in mind, would you rather watch the three movies in the same in the amount of time that you
1: did, or would you like to clear out about 6 hours straight to watch it all? I think you I think you can just cut out the whole second movie. We don't need two big bad guys. You just you need one big bad guy, right? And then you sprinkle in Jason, a little bit just, of wolf people of this, throughout the first movie, that's and, part of the same and say big these were
0: what I said. That's part of the same big bad guy, and, and I don't know. Here, I'm not sure if you know about this, but I'm gonna go ahead and say his name,
1: Voldemort. Oh,
0: don't say that name. Okay, he's throughout the entire series.
1: Yeah, but I don't need to see him beat him twice, I just beat him once, that's good enough for me, and then sprinkle in some of those wolf people that knew Harry's parents in there, that's good enough.
0: Well, it's just the one wolf people.
1: Well, wolf person
0: and dog guy. Well, you got some points, Jason, but I think I'd prefer the breakup of the the different movies, mostly because what would I do uh, every other Christmas for i don't know nine years or so
1: <laughs> i'm more i'm more of v- about efficiency you know i probably wouldn't mind it if it was a tv series but the movies explain that I'd like to explain see- that logic i don't know i I, I, would <laughs> <Okay>. like, <laughs> I don't know if you broke it out into into like different tv shows i mean i i am more of a person that would sit there and watch 24 tv shows that are 30 24 different age. tv shows 24 episodes that lead up to all this stuff because then it gets fleshed out a little better. Three movies, Mm -hmm. it seems like they try to pack a lot of stuff into those three movies.
0: I hate to be one of those guys, J-Dub, but um, they actually omitted quite a bit from the books. Yeah. I'm not sure about about cramming a whole lot in.
1: (laughs) Well, that's kind of what I mean is they... They tried to take a bunch of content and boil it down. If you're going to boil it down, just boil it all the way down. Take it down to Oh, <laughs> I barely want names. I want names,
0: yeah. three <laughs> scenes of action. That's it. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to take the lead on this week's episode, Jason. And we're going to talk about a, you know, at, probably at the time and even now a questionable invention which is cat phone. Now, Jason, we've talked about cats and phones and dang it, even cat phones with Garfield on this show before. But never before has it been a real-life cat turning into a phone.
1: No, sounds a little gross. Yeah, I can't imagine PETA would
0: be thrilled with
1: the uh, experimentation. It sounds like it's not good for the cat and when you say cat phone i immediately jump to cat dog cartoon show right so i picture a cat walking around with a phone on his back that okay that is owned by somebody that ring ring oh i don't need to go pick the phone up the phone will walk to me and mm. that's the cartoon show that sounds like a god
0: awful cartoon show.
1: <laughs> I mean, Cat Dog wasn't that great either. Yeah, I never really
0: cared for it. But back on topic. In 1929, at the University of Princeton, there were two individuals, Professor Ernest Glenn Weaver and his assistant Charles William Bray, who wanted to sort of figure out how the auditory nerve worked and how sound was heard through those, that nervous system in the brain. So they needed to get access. To auditory nerves, so at that point, they bring in a heavily sedated, but still very much alive kitty cat. Mm 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 mm. Not, not like a kitten, just a cat. I don't. I don't know. The, I don't know the specifics of the cat. Still bad. <laughs> still not great, but it actually led to some pretty impressive things. I'm not going to go into all the details of their operations on the cat. Suffice it to say, they they. Accessed the cat's auditory nerve in the brain, and they actually connected it to a uh, telephone receiver using some wiring.
1: Ugh. Yeah. Ugh, that sounds gross and very bad and wrong and wouldn't work. Well,
0: surprisingly enough, it did work. So the connection they made between the auditory nerve of the cat and the receiver basically created a transmitter. So what they did is they took that receiver and went into a soundproof room about 50 feet away, and, shockingly enough, when the professor, or his assistant, I can't remember which one, talked into the cat's ears, the other one could hear him in the soundproof room 50 feet away.
1: His actual words. Yes. Ugh. Did it, did it work the other way? Did, I don't, did the that. other guy talk, and then the cat opened its mouth, <laughs> and words come out? because that's what i pictured when you said they hooked this thing up to the cat and then you said it worked and i was thinking there's no possible way that the cat's tongue to and lips it, could create it, words. Yeah. Yeah, i was like no, mm, i don't think so.
0: No, they just did it the one way for receiving cuz they were they were trying to figure out basically how sound is perceived by the auditory nerve like i mentioned. And at the time there was the theory that when sound got louder, their frequency would get higher. And this experiment actually ended up proving that. Which is fairly interesting. They also did a couple other experiments on the cat to try to figure out more basically sound stuff, to include like restricting different blood flow to that specific nerve and other experiments that were basically used to see what could and could not the auditory nerve do. Suffice it to say that it was all a little bit rough for the cat, but thankfully this experiment had some pretty fantastic outcome. The two actually went on to win the first ever Howard Crosby Warren medal of society by the Society of Experimental Psychologists for their groundbreaking work. It's pretty cool. Their discoveries with this cat actually went on to lead to one of the first hearing aids, because it works very similarly to with the auditory nerve and the hearing connection. So that was pretty cool, too. Yeah, it is cool. So actually, both Bray and Weaver assisted the military during the war. And the, you'd think, you know, what do these guys have to offer to uh, the nation as uh, sound experts and now seemingly cat experts? Well, what they found was specific individuals that had musical abilities turned out to be the best people to operate sonar because they were finely tuned to hear very specific sounds. Their work actually went on to do a lot lot of other positive things. Like I said, the first cochlear, C-O-C-H-L-E.
1: Cochlear. Cochlear. Jason Wright with the knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rachel talks about those sometimes. Yeah,
0: so they actually helped lay the foundation for the cochlear implants as well, which was also inspired by the same information. So ultimately, it was pretty twisted work on the the poor cat, but thankfully enough, because of everything that sort of came from the experimentation and the knowledge that came from it, they were helpful to you know the United States military. They were helpful to people who laid the, the groundwork for the first hearing aids and implants. So ultimately, came out to be positive, I would say, but still, um, cat phone doesn't really sit right with me. I'd much prefer the. <laughs> plastic garfield phones on the beaches of france
1: yeah i mean it's a it's kind of a gross story not it is gonna a lie, bit gross but it's good to know that this story didn't turn out to be as bad as i thought it would be <laughs> when you first said cat phone i thought it was going to be just a disgusting thing like that, a led m- to, that led
0: mutation
1: that led to absolutely nothing that just a bunch of people thought they could turn cats into phones but it's 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 a two-sided story kind of gross sure. kind of gross and not cool for the cat definitely but, not cool for the cat but led to hearing aids and cochlear implants and things that help people all over the world so yeah that's i was wondering interesting that's uh, uh, Thanks, appreciate,
0: appreciate the comments. <laughs> I was actually wondering, um, as I was reading this, of I'm not sure what the regulations were like in 1929. My question, Jason, to you would be, how hard do you think it would be to get like a grant or funding and have PETA not go berserk to try to do some of these things that could ultimately lead to really positive things for mankind? But at the cost of, you know, probably jacking up a cat, I just think, well, it, I, don't, I don't know if it would happen, honestly.
1: Well, I think it does happen. Do um, you? There, yeah, there's, I mean, if you look into it, I would imagine that stuff, maybe not quite like this, but there has to be spe- experimentation on animals and stuff to forward science. They're not going to just straight up start testing it on people.
0: True. I mean, I know that there's a lot of stuff done with like mice and rats as far as genetics are concerned, but it's it would. Be, I wonder if there's like a different, or, I don't like to use the word better, but I think because cats are more commonly used as like house pets, there's like a better option to access like a auditory nerve system of a creature. It's just crazy. It's something I was wondering as I was going through it, and I was like, if You know, apes are very similar to humans, they're very intelligent, they can communicate, sign language, all that stuff. We use mice and rats for genetic testing, and sometimes goats and sheep as well. If you had to pick an animal to do hearing tests on, what is it? Is it elephant? I don't think it's lots of material thing. to work with.
1: There's there's lots of ear there, but I don't lots think lots of it's material not. to work with. <laughs> a big canvas, if you will. <laughs> no. I don't think that's going to quite work. Yeah, I don't know how else you would do it besides the way that they actually did it. Um, yeah. I mean, pick your you can pick whatever animal you want to do use, but um, Yeah, I don't I'm not sure unless they got a grant or something from somebody that was like an organ donor, or something, oh, or yeah. donated their body to science. They might well, be able to do something like that. They needed it to be alive. Like that's why the cat
0: was still, while still sedated, it was still alive, which was kind of Oh, so I don't know hmm. how, how generous have these to... organ donors are.
1: <laughs> You'd have to be a pretty dedicated person to to the science.
0: <laughs> I love science. <laughs> But yeah, man, Cat Phones, 1929, Princeton University, getting things done.
1: <laughs> right. So my story is a little bit more upbeat, doesn't have anything to do with animals being dissected while they're alive. Great start. But it, But it is about something that most people know about. Spider-Man.
0: Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can.
1: Thank you for that great song. Yeah, bud. Most people know about Spider-Man. I doubt most people know how Spider-Man actually became a comic, a superhero, and was able to grow into the multiple stories and universes that we know today.
0: There are a lot of Spider-verses.
1: There are. And in this one, unfortunately, he's a comic book character. No. So, if people don't know Stan Lee, well, come I don't on. know how you don't know who's... Yeah, come, come on. on. Come on. But, Stan Lee was asked by his publisher, hey, can you make me a new superhero? We need to do a new superhero. The Fantastic Four is doing great, but we want... I need something new. So, Stanley goes home with this mission of trying to figure out what, a new, what new superhero he should do. And He's sitting in his chair and he sees a fly walking across the wall on his, on his house. And he's thinking, man, that would be a cool power is if somebody could walk on a wall. And he starts spitballing names in his head. Fly, Flyboy. Flyboy. Mosquito Man. And he eventually comes to Spider-Man.
0: I'm glad it's that and not Flyboy or Mosquito <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he decides to put a hyphen in the name. Because there's another red and blue superhero that starts with S and ends with man, and his name's Superman.
0: Oh, is that? Who? <laughs> yeah. So he decided <laughs> like to put probably. a hyphen
1: in there to make it different. He also decided to make him a teen, one because most people that were reading comics were teens, and two there weren't many or any teen superheroes at the time. Hmm. And then he also decides to give him real world personal problems. To make him more relatable to people reading. Sure. So he, he has this awesome idea for a character. He wraps it all up. He takes it to his publisher and presents it. And his publisher pretty much just poo-poos him. No. <laughs> he, he pretty much says, this is a terrible idea. Sit down. Let me tell you why, Stan. He, he says, people hate spiders. Number one. Mm. Nobody's going to want to read about him because people are scared of spiders. Number two... Superheroes can't be teens. Teens are sidekicks. Oh, hard and teen- words. And teens aren't named Spider-Man. He should be Spider Boy. Uh,
0: the hits just keep on coming. <laughs> yeah.
1: And three superheroes are superheroes. They don't have personal problems.
0: Wow, is this really the the uh, critique Stanley received?
1: Yeah, and he was pretty wow. much told, "No, this is a bad. One, go back to the drawing board." Well. Stan Lee could not get Spider-Man out of his head. He's sticky. He's sticky. He's just (laughs) sticking to the inside of his head. And he really thought Spider-Man was a good idea. He couldn't stop thinking about it. And he kept going to his publisher. And he finally was told that he could put... Spider Man in Amazing Fantasy. And the reason why he was allowed to put in Amazing Fantasy is because they're shutting down the comic and it was the last one they were putting out.
0: Oh There's <laughs> a sweet departing goodbye gift.
1: Yeah, so they're basically like, We don't care about this comic anyway, Stan. You can get Spider-Man out of your system and put him in this comic. So Spider-Man is the featured person, hero in this comic, and he's put on the cover. Mm-hmm. And a few months later, a few weeks, I think it was about a month the sales results come in from that comic and the publisher comes back to stan and says stan remember that superhero spider-man that, I that we both love so that we both love so much <laughs> because because spider-man was in this comic that was being shut down ended up being one of the top selling comics that marvel had for for that time period from there It was converted into Amazing Spider-Man, and he started getting his own running comic from there. And then he springboarded and turned into what he is today.
0: Dang. I can't believe Spider-Man didn't have great reception from the jump.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was just, like, so out of the box compared to what superheroes were then. Yeah. I mean, every superhero now has personal problems. You know what I mean? Like, Spider-Man. Even the big
0: ones. Even the big boys.
1: Mm Mm-hmm so spider-man was a pretty pivotal superhero in the comic world huh. um there's controversy in this as always with creative endeavors no. like this where some people say they had the original idea for spider-man sure Stan Lee says he did i would tend to be on Stan Lee's side
0: team stanley or die Yeah, no.
1: you don't become a, the legend that stanley is by st- just stealing everybody's ideas yes He'd be uh, that's too many ideas to steal. You'd have to be the best intellectual thief ever.
0: Yeah, he would just be like, he he probably has a source of somebody who just like talks in their sleep, like Spider Man.
1: (laughs) He's like, man, I was gonna introduce Spider Man next week.
0: How (laughs) How does he he know? How
1: does he always know? So, if anybody's interested in hearing Stan talk about this, I'll have a YouTube video linked in our description. Um, I watched it before we started recording this, and one of his ending lines about this story is, "If you have a good idea, an idea you think is genuinely good, and you think is worth putting time into, don't let some idiot talk you out of it." So, it's a pretty good Inspiration message. Inspirationless mess, dude. Yeah. So, um, I thought it was it was a pretty cool story about something that a lot of people are interested in. That they might not have known and has a yeah. good message from Stan. So you should go check that video out.
0: Good deal. Stan Lee for the win. RIP, we love you. That's it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review. It helps us out really a bunch. Uh, if you're interested in contacting us with a story that you know or a story of your own and you want to hear us dig into it, you can reach us at Fig of My Reality on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you'd like to email us, our email is figmentofmyreality at gmail.com.
1: Hit us with that fact.
0: Our piece of reality for this week is the man, the myth, the legend, Churchill, smoked typically about 10 cigars a day.
1: I'm Jeremy Bales. And I'm Jason Wright. Talk to you next week.